Hello. And welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to emphasize the opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge, or other branches of the independent order of Oddfellows. Our fascinating conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership and promoting the order. So sit back, open your ears, and your heart in your hand while I introduce you to our hosts. podcast i'm billy sanderson and i'm josh miller how you doing today josh i'm doing great yeah it's been another awesome week here in uh, Goatland, and uh riding high off the uh, crossover event with the uh three links Oddcast. bunch of great guys and and speaking of great guys we have an amazing uh guest today yes today we have uh brother scott Aitchison on to tell us about his odd fellow story and how he became uh, a legend a builder the odd fellow i mean the odd father <laughs> the odd father you can't even play it right <laughs> the odd father of columbia lodge number no. 2 and yeah. uh if you stay tuned you'll hear about how uh i met him originally in grade 8 in victoria yeah, I'm really sorry that a few of the stories that had to be told after the introduction story had to hit the editing room floor. Um, but you will still enjoy much of the uh, the podcast because uh, we decide to talk about politics, which is something that is not debated in Oddfellows halls uh, during meeting time. But we talk a bit about politics in halls, lodges and uh, in our lives. So I hope you enjoy this uh, awesome episode. And uh, again, if you have any feedback for us, please let us know through email at info at moderngoatrider.com. That's right. Enjoy, everybody. So we're here with uh, past Grandmaster Scott Aitchison. Um, welcome to the show, Scott. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Now, why don't you give us a little um, heads up on how you became an odd fellow and uh, maybe a little bit about uh, your career with odd fellowship okay yeah um i uh was first introduced to them i think a lot of people in victoria through the the poker tournament and that was um a few of the ogs you know the o'briens and the uh kane straiths and all the the great hooligans of the, of the day and they were the ones that initiated me um again i went to their poker tournament a few times and just the level of charity fundraising they did was was unbelievable at least that i had seen it blew me away. So I just, I, you know, they asked if I wanted to be a part of that and I did. And, and it's been, it's been great. I mean, we all had our, uh, you know, the initiation and um, have mixed um, interpretations of, of what it is. And, and, you know, at, at the beginning, and it all really, in my mind, depends on what your initiation was like. And, uh, 
and who did it for you. And I think that's one of the most crucial things of our, our order, but I'm getting off topic. Anyway, I had, um, I had the Gower brothers do my initiation. So that was, um, you know, they didn't, it was all, um, unwritten, you know, like they just knew it all. And they're staring right at you saying that stuff. It was, it was pretty intense. Um, it was really cool. So yeah, I went on, we had some great noble grands. Um, I don't know the years. And then, uh, I became noble grand at some point. Um, and then what was it? Um, oh, shoot. So this is kind of the opposite of, um, Jerry Ratchford. Yeah. <laughs> you can't remember anything. <laughs> um, district deputy grandmaster. That's right. And then, um, yeah, then I went for grandmaster did that a few years back, which was fantastic. I think these are some of the things that have happened over 15 years. And then we had, uh, I think one of the highlights, we had sovereign grand lodge sessions in Victoria. Uh, just a year or two years before Dino passed away, and uh, that was that was definitely a highlight. That was uh, it was great meeting uh, meeting everybody um, from from Sovereign and um, uh, you know a lot of people that we I connected with through Facebook and Instagram and what have you over the years. So it was that was really neat. Um, and then uh, here we are today. I've, I've kind of um, after my stint in Grand Lodge, I've sort of stepped back a bit and been busy with work, but I still. Love going to lodge meetings and being part of the fundraising, and um, I've just had—it's uh, been great, and, and it's been so good to see uh, to have Oddfellows as a means of keeping up with old friends. Really, um, you know, a lot of people have Facebook, but you know, this is like live Facebook, <laughs> and it's—it's uh, it's just twice a month. You know, it's—it's it's fantastic. So, what what made you want to become part of Grand Lodge initially? Like, what was it that spurred you <laughs> into that position? Because you, you know, you you did your chairs. It, um, in Colombia, and you were quite successful within that. What was it that made you want to take it to the next level? Um, I think truly I wanted to kind of share the successes that we had had in Victoria at that point with the other lodges and see if, you know, we could kind of get them going because we have some amazing lodges in BC, um, you know, specifically, you know, Chilliwack, that beautiful church building in Chilliwack um, and, and a great group of people there. Um, Van 90, you know, that, that glorious piece of real estate, um, down, downtown or just across the bridge. Um, and, and, you know, a, a women's lodge there and a men's lodge there as well. Uh, you know, there's just so much growth that could be there. Delta and, uh, um, where else is it? Where is, oh, anyway, it was, it was great visiting them all and up, up in Mabel Lake even. Um, so that's what I had hoped to do to spend my, my grand lodge doing is just sort of sharing some of the stories and ideas and 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 really one of my goals was to sort of um modernize the communication process of grand lodge you know really push for email and because it was they were it was sticky you know it was and people were picking and choosing their bylaws it was it was getting a bit goofy so um the wilderness out there yeah yeah you know um it's just it was it was all good it was just um you know it uh yeah it was what it was and um i i I enjoyed it, um, and I learned a lot about uh, about the people who join Oddfellows and and the reasons why. And you guys touched on it in a previous episode is that there's there are different types of lodges, and a lot of them are just you know look out for each other kind of lodges, and and that's um, that's fantastic. You know they're the ones having the, the the dinners you know every Monday night and that sort of thing, and that that's community, right? That's good stuff right there. So anyway, that was my bit on Grand Lodge. So what, when you're talking about the 
the wilderness out there uh, at that time. Do you think back to what may have caused it or what was? Uh... Oh, the, the wilderness, like the, the, the political drama, if you will. Yeah, sorry, I took the wilderness as a sort of an inconsistency of Bugs Lodges and not just... Uh... I see. Yeah, yeah. No, there was um, an inconsistency. I, I think there was a bit of a disconnect. When when Dino passed away, um, it, it left a big vacuum in Grand Lodge, a big vacuum, because he kind of did everything, or at least tried to. And, and I think there's a lot of concern that, you know, one party was going to try and uh, really run the roost. And, and there's a lot of very dedicated uh, members in the interior that were kind of going, Hey, you know, we're, we're part of this too. And, you know, don't, don't steamroll us because there's a lot of members in Victoria and Vancouver. Right. And uh, you know, we're, we're different uh, demographic than them as far as rural versus urban. And um, anyway, so I, I think that's all, all it was, but it uh, looks like Grand Lodge is, is fantastic. Now we had our first uh, female grandmaster um, who gets two years in a row, thanks to COVID. Um, so that was, that's great. And, uh, yeah, and she's doing a great job. And communication has never been better within BC Grand Lodge. Thanks to our, uh, esteemed oh. Grand Secretary, Becky Ald. Um, yeah, just fantastic. Who even, uh, Toby McGuire talked about in our last episode about how wonderful she is. Toby Hanson, not McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man was not on set. There it is, yeah. <laughs> Tobias Hanson. Uh, yes. Yes, sorry. <laughs> No, that. Becky's been Becky's been fantastic, and that's what Grand Lodge needed is is a real communicator and and someone that can, um, you know, just push push the message out and and get get feedback back from the lodges, and and that's all that's all Grand Lodge is. I mean, Grand Lodge is just a couple of people from each lodge, just you know, solving the little problems that that may occur uh, in the province, and um, it, you know, it's not a, a certain group of people or a status thing. In, in my mind, it's just a a platform, but it also has its rituals and everything else. So. You know, born from a huge membership back in the 20s and what have you, uh, I, I think we had so much pomp and circumstance around these meetings that uh, it got to the point that that's all they did for a while. And, and there really wasn't a lot of business done and, and, and lodges were closing and that was the business they had to deal with. So they, not that they weren't busy, you know, they had to sell off property and get rid of stuff. And it's quite sad. And that happened for many, many years. So now there's, um, you know, there's a real focus on let's try and hang on to this and, you know, don't sell lodges like Bill Murphy and uh, uh, Port Alberni. We still have a building there thanks to him and it's uh, cash flow positive. So when it, you know, when FLT gets lit up back in Alberni again, then uh, we're ready for him. And looking further out sort of globally, um, Grand Lodges uh, in general, as a Grand Master within your jurisdiction, what should we be looking for within the leadership of Grand Lodge? What, what would be your ideal Grand Lodge and what would they do? Mm, good question. I think um, communication again is the key. We, I mean, we have a, a newsletter that comes out uh, from some sisters up island, the Fraternal Review. You guys have seen it? Okay. So it's a, I think it was an 18 megabyte PDF file by email. You know, that's something that, that that's awkward, right? That's, that's not even making it through some people's email filters. So, you know, there's just little things like that that, um, you know, can be just, just modernized and, and pushed out to the lodges. Lodges need to know that it's okay to be uh, who they are and what they're doing, you know, but they need to grow. Irregardless of what type of lodge you are, um, you know, you just keep ha you have to keep adding members. And, I, and that hasn't been um, driven home enough over the past, you know, since I've been, a, since I started. So tonight they're over at Three Links Oddcast, which I highly recommend you subscribe to. They are, oh, are you? Inter 
they are interviewing um, a grand secretary of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. And uh, we have a very good grand secretary as, uh, as Toby and Joshua pointed out, and you've pointed out as well. So how does, to talk a little bit more about that, how does, how, how, how do lodges and Grand Lodge start to work on growing when their focus may not have been on growing recently? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess you have to ask Lodge members, why are you there? And there's always a positive reason of why they're there. And I think once people even verbalize and say, you know, because I love being with these people, I love these people, and, and I love doing things with them. Um, you know, don't be selfish. Why not share that? You know, there's got to be someone else in your life that, you know, that would probably enjoy that or, you know, someone you've seen that, you know, might need that. Um, and it's not for everybody at every point in their life. But, you know, that's sort of, yeah, that'd be my take. Cool. And Scott, um, for people who don't know him out there in Goatland, uh, <laughs> is, a, is an amazing builder um, within Columbia Lodge number two. He brought me in. Uh, so that's something. That's all I had to do, really. <laughs> the truth is, is that you did just share it with me, right? You had something positive and you really enjoyed it. And I'm in your life. And you said to me one day, you said, hey, would you want to come and check this out? And mm-hmm. I did. And and you did that with a few other people. And then we did it with a few other people. And that was uh, the beginning of a pretty big turnaround within our lodge. Do you think that the way that you approached it by sharing it and being so positive, do you think that led to the kind of people that you attracted within uh, the growth of our lodge? Uh, yeah, I would think so. Sorry, it's kind of an awkward question. I'm trying to figure out how to answer that. Do you think that okay. the way that um, a lodge might go about attracting other members, you know, if they're, yeah. if, if we're looking for people. Oh, if, right, if you want something sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The way that we, the way that we approach it, the way that we recruit um, yeah. members, do you think that leads to the kind of people that we bring in? Oh, no question. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny how we recruit. I mean, we don't really recruit. They, people come to us um, and that's rare. Right. Um and I think it's just because we're, we're out there in the public and we're big enough. We, you know, we have a saturation in our, our age demographic in the city that everyone knows an odd fellow, you know what I mean? Or there's a pretty good chance. So I don't think a lot of cities have that, you know, that's, that's in our pocket and that's, uh, that's pretty powerful and, and it will help us grow from here for sure. Okay. I got a quick question. This is a good, quick question here. Um, sorry, okay. I don't mean to. Um, so I, what I want to know from you, Scott, and you don't have to answer this. What but I want to know. Is there Next any, question. you're allowed to plead the fifth on this because I didn't make, I actually let Billy, uh, he did answer it when we first got together, but is there something about the order right now that just drives you crazy that you just don't like? There's something that you just, that, that really frustrates you about what's happening, not necessarily in BC or Victoria, but yeah, yeah. globally, that- what is it? What, what, what is it that, that kind of irks you right now? Uh, what irks me, and and I think it's it's only something you'd see from a Grand Lodge perspective, but it's and and only because we we get to you get to see all the different lodges. It is the um, just the the passive nature of 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 like the, I, there was some people and and few of them have passed now, but, but there was that sense of we're the last four people in this lodge, you know, it's going down with us sort of thing, um, and you know that that a should never have gotten to that point. Um, and, and B, you know, that there should have been some sort of intervention at some point to go, Oh, okay, wait, we have a problem here. And 
obviously, you know, you, you don't steer a boat into the, into the ground, right? Like, anyway, it, that, that irks me. Um, what's another thing that irks me? There was something else. Oh, um, appointing positions, because you feel you have to, you know, the, you know, putting the, the, that sort of, and it's not small p politics, it's sort of friendship stuff, right? And so it's really hard when you know you want that person in that role. And so, you know, from a um, vice grand or, or um, noble grand rather, that's tough. And I think that the key and, and what I kind of did and broke with tradition a little bit was, was filling the seats with people who I knew was the right person for the seat. And I think I, you know, got a few noses out of joint, but um, it had to be done. And I think, you know, because you have to run it, not, not like an organization, but you have to be organized. Um, and that's, um, it's, it's important. It must drive Billy nuts. I know he's a absolute, um, you know, business head and uh, the level of organization is, is, uh, is getting much better in, in our lodges, which is great because it, it really was very small, but as things have picked up again and, and uh, uh, it, it, you know, some lodges, yeah, anyway, it's a lot better than it was, but Billy, it must drive you nuts. No, uh, it doesn't drive me crazy. It was the thing that I said, you know, in the order that was a trouble for me, a f you know, a um, few months ago when Josh asked me. My take on it now is that there were or have been moments, and I think this is the same for every lodge and every organization. There's these moments where you go, holy smokes, uh, we almost just did blank. And if that is almost just lost our lodge, um, because of paperwork or some thing that mm -hmm. the dinos of the world have taken care of for years. Um, that is something that will uh, excite the type A personalities in your lodge, like me. And you have somebody like the incoming Noble Grant and myself uh, who have said, okay, these are all the things that we need as a backbone. And the backbone... Yeah will strengthen this lodge and that that's all it is about and it's not about control and it's not about making sure that things are done right it's uh, when somebody holds a role they understand what the role is when somebody is uh, asked to fill a committee they understand what the obligations are as far as a budget mm -hmm. and you you go oh that's you know that petty or whatever it's it is a relief that everybody on the room in the room understands it and you can go hey these people all get that the point of this is to hit a budget or hit a target for raising money and it's not necessarily about a certain amount of decor or a certain amount of of uh, patron experience when that is going against the goal of of the budget for example so it does drive me a little crazy, but I think it's going to be so much better in like two years time when people are starting to figure out why are you smiling at me? Well, I think that, you know, I think what we've realized is that every, at least every five years, you need to elect an extremely type A personality, noble grand, and then a doubly extremely <laughs> uh, type A, triple A vice grand. Um, and I think that's what we've done um, recently. So yeah. Um, you know, creating when when Billy says creating a backbone, it means that him and our well, just to let all you let all you go riders in on the secret, Billy has been elected vice grand this year of Columbia Lodge number two, and he will be uh, he will be helping out um, 
another extremely type A personality, Mike McLean, who will be Noble Ground this year. Between the two of them and the fact that we won't have a lot of in-person meetings um, because of COVID, I feel that uh, there's gonna be some super paperwork getting done uh, regarding everything that you will ever have to do as Noble Grand for Columbia Lodge number two <laughs> for the next 100 years, I would say. Uh, so, the manual will be written. Absolutely. And I'm not just yeah. talking about like what to do on November 16th of the year. I'm talking about what to do on January 1st, 2021 until December 31st, 2121. <laughs> uh, no, but what, what, what we're, what we're saying is that, um, you know, to have uh, somebody who uh, the attention to detail is very important and to have those <laughs> In a, in a position of leadership at least uh, every couple of years to make sure that you don't lose your lodge due to paperwork uh, would be great. Yeah, yeah and, and we've talked about it before in episodes where we're, you know, we're taking lodges that are of different culture and different characteristics. Scott brings it up that, you know, there's, it's okay to be who you are, but you need to grow. And every once in a while you go home. You know, we've, we, we've kind of found ourselves in our own wilderness. Um, and that's what sparked us to, to reset and get all anal retentive. And, you know, why, why so many T's aren't crossed. So leading into that, we wanted to bring you on because of your extreme uh, expertise in little P politics. Mm. So um, we know that in our order uh, and in the lodge room, uh, politics are not allowed to be debated in the lodge room and therefore in a meeting. So I have a few uh, quick questions for you. If that is true, you all agree that's true, correct? 100%. Yes. 100%. No politics. Okay. Yeah. So um, can I, I have three questions just to kind of, Get us rolling here. So can you wear a political party button on your overcoat when you arrive at the lodge hall? Yes. No. Can you wear that button on your blazer inside the lodge meeting? No. No. Can a debate in lodge about fixing the lodge's furnace be political? No. No. It can't be. No. No. Why? It's mechanical. It can be politicized, but that's only if there's polarizing opinions, right? Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think, you know, you're not going to call somebody a communist because he wants to fix the furnace. <laughs> Unless he wants to fix everyone's furnace. Well, that's right. Like, how many furnaces are you fixing? And uh, <laughs> at what point uh, do we... Do we uh yeah well how would so how would you feel how how would you create how would um fixing the furnace be political billy um i agree with you guys that i don't think fixing the furnace is considered political but it can be politicized in that there might be a objective in the opposite direction of fixing the furnace oh like might, a conflict of interest like a conflict of interest or there's a um or, or sort of that fixing of the furnace takes you into a political position. And 
the reason I bring up fixing the furnace is that I had an experience with a nonprofit where they uh, were, they needed their, their, their furnace fixed and it was getting to be a problem. And so someone uh, said, I know how to, I know how to raise us money to get this furnace fixed because it was about the money. It wasn't about the furnace. It was always about the money and how the money was going to be spent on the furnace. And so they had a huge poker tournament and it was very similar to our poker tournament and they raised $20,000 in uh, one day. Um, And that fixed the furnace. It was, it was no big deal. What ended up happening was the activity became a very, the, the, the method of fixing the furnace became very political and that was politicized in in the organization I was part of. I, I don't have an outcome of the story, but I, I know that there were people who took sides about whether raising money for a nonprofit should be through this method. And then that became politicized. Mm, right. Yeah. People can politicize anything. Yeah, people do. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. But if you um, not to not to politicize things, which is Yeah, or at least at least you know, objectively notice that there are two sides and you know what I mean? It's, it's, there must be so many Americans listening to this right now going, wow, you Canadians are really nice. <laughs> super deep and uh, super nice. Um, yeah. No. We're sorry for being so nice. Yeah. Sorry. We, we sorry. apologize. We're very sorry. Um, but if you no, got- you're right though, I mean, sorry, politicizing things. Uh, sorry. Uh, I, I know where you're going with this Billy and, and, and yeah, anything can be politicized that way. And um, unfortunately, that's where Grand Lodge spends a lot of its time. And it's, it's sort of sorting out uh, opinions and, and points of view. And, um, uh, and it, it, it's just a breakdown of communication usually. Um, so it just takes a little small P work. And um, thankfully, we've got Jeff Dorian on staff, who's the best small P guy in BC. But I mean, you know, just getting down to work is you know without politics or without politicizing things right that is the key like just take it is that, and, and take that and, out and, of the equation it's not that hard you just have to get over yourself absolutely yeah and 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 understand what is the act of politicizing right um i think once people realize what that is and you know they'll be more aware of it anyway um because a lot of little finicky little arguments or misunderstandings you know will happen and you know it, it's it's up to us to to realize, hey, that's he's politicizing that. We need to not do that in lodge, and we're all brothers here. Let's get this done. And and I'm so happy with our lodge. You know, we rarely run into that. We've been so fortunate. Yeah, I mean, let's. I'll give you an example right now. So I've there's other lodges out there that that will take months and months debating uh, what their logo will be or how they're gonna get their hat or T-shirt embroidered or emblazoned. They uh, they will debate. And debate and debate mm-hmm. <laughs> where we just go hey you want to make a hat yeah let's make a hat okay you got an idea okay make the hat okay let's sell the hat okay perfect we made some money for uh, charity perfect we made the hat and nobody cares you know we're excited about the hat some people like the hat some people don't like the hat you want a different hat you make another hat make that hat <laughs> the hat works right so there's no reason for you to argue about what the hat is because you can make your own hat and you can sell that hat if you like three links more than a skull and crossbones then you make that hat and you make that hat work and we don't have, you don't have to debate about it. You just do it. And it's okay. Cause we love you. Cause you're my brother. There and you go. There you go. Yeah, you but who's in, who's in control of this ship? 
Like what you guys are talking chaos. Like <laughs> what is going on? How do we just start making hats here and there? And wh- how are we going to, Oh, but who's keeping track of that money? Who's watching that? That's he's selling yeah. your hats for a lot more than I was selling my hats. How do we know how much money is coming? Yeah, you have that's to a good point. You have to trust. There has to be some trust in that chaos. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the, yeah. in the swag side of things, it's definitely a, I mean, you're not making money on it. You always end up giving a few hats away to somebody or someone who deserves it. And sure. anyway, it's, it's, to, just, to it's reduce, just swag. To reduce politicization. Yeah. We trust is the key. Could it be? Must be. You know, it's completely the, the it, trust is it. It's, uh, you know, we're getting spewed on it right now in the news. So it's what you see and what you trust. So if you're, in a face-to-face relationship with your member in the hall and you, um, you know, you share time over iced tea or a beer and you have that face-to-face and the eye-to-eye, the goal is that you are building a relationship that you can trust and rely on. And I, and I think that's kind of an interesting thing about Oddfellows is that we teach that you should uh, not look at the book by the cover or the appearance of the member. Um, you should trust their heart and we, and find out where their heart is, and then you can you can follow and listen and and believe in this person. And then if that person starts making hats, um, you you have total <laughs> faith in them making hats, right? And you're like, oh, okay, he just did a hundred hats and he's going to sell them for twenty five bucks. Okay, great, twenty five hundred bucks. But it's it's completely trust that stops politics mm-hmm. however my my devil's advocate on that is if you have a lot of trust with a like-minded group that is the problem right that is how the like-minded group doesn't like the other like-minded group is that they don't trust right. yeah yeah so how do you monitor it you, you guys bring up trust but you know how do we monitor politics in a lodge when we're trying to have members or trying to make the lodge grow or they're trying to improve a a certain aspect of our lodge or our order how, how do you monitor it when you're asking for that input and that new idea but keep it from being politicized i think probably just through sort of guidelines and um and structure you know, yeah, you can, you can do your hats. Anyone can do it. Um, you know, here's the, here's the brochure on how to do that. Um, I remember with the poker tournament, um, did it for a few years and I was just so burnt out. And I said to Rusty, I said, um, can you do it? I, I'm just done. And I, and I said, oh, and here's the manual. And uh, it was everything. It was all my notes right from start to finish. And he's like, oh yeah, I can do this. Because <laughs> there was structure there, right? And it's, it's not hard when you break stuff down. Um, into just the little minor components and, and the tick the boxes that Ian wants ticked. And Ian being our treasurer. Um, so the if you are treasurer ever. So if you are going to make hats, uh, you know, you want to make sure that a certain chunk uh, is profit and that goes back to the lodge. Um, yeah. If that's the box that needs to be ticked within that. I guess the question really becomes is, you know, yes, within our lodge, you know, I, I have a say or I have a part in each member that joins my lodge, right? So I've got an idea of every single person that comes in as every member does, who is an active member within a lodge, they vote on 
you know, who comes in and who doesn't. Now we don't have that same control over other lodges. So that's where mm. in, at a grand lodge level, maybe the trust gets broken down because we don't really know who those people are in those other lodges. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're supposed to believe, we're supposed to believe that every single person that comes into our order is a good person, right? Because they, they, we try and follow the same kind of criteria to get into our lodges, to get into other lodges. But at the same time, we don't know exactly who those people are. We haven't gotten a chance to meet them or communicate with them. So perhaps when politicizing happens with, at a grand lodge level, it's because we don't know those people well enough. There isn't enough inter-lodge connectivity. Absolutely. Connectivity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To really learn who those people are so we can go, hey, I know you're coming from a good place when you're, when you're, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's really only been the last few years, like five years, where we've seen posts from lodges all around BC um, on Facebook or, or, you know, in the uh, fraternal review. So, you know, that's fairly new. And, it, and I think it's great because it does show the different cultures that are out there, you know, the, from, from us to Nanaimo, you know, Delta, the, everyone's different. And it's, it's great because, um, you know, having been to, oh, I got to visit um, uh, Pasquale and... Um, Oh, it's going to kill me. Arturo. 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 Um, over in, uh, where's their lodge now? New West. Yeah. New Royal West. City. Royal, there you go. Anyway, beautiful lodge hall. Um, has so much potential, and I'd love to get that thing going. they got a couple of great young members as well, and I'd love to see that going. But that's, a, you know, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. But they, those guys, uh, it, it, it's so neat seeing the different types of lodges and 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 the different characters that make up such a great josh you remember we had a, a noble grand one year and we couldn't understand a word he said yeah that was the first um, that was my first year was it? <laughs> it was great he was one of the italian brothers and his english was not great as as way better than my italian let me tell you uh but uh, it was a struggle and you know going through the the rituals and it was slow um but we we all hung in there for our brother and and he was great and, and, and did his thing. But uh, anyway, that's what makes Lodge great is, is just the difference differences we have and, and yeah, not politicizing things. You have to admit that I know that you, you had struggles during your uh, Grandmaster time with some of the lodges and the culture that you visited. They weren't the same kind of people. I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to bring up dirty laundry for sure. Um, that said, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I, the only problem I had, is, again, as Grandmaster, I wanted to do all these fun things and, and teach other lodges, but I, I got tied into um, business, you know, stuff that had to be done in the Grand Lodge stuff because there was some issues with uh, some people, um, you know, not seeing eye to eye. And, and that's our job as, as Grand Lodge. So I, I guess I was just, um, I felt cheated. Uh, of my time because I really wanted to spend it in the lodges helping helping lodges so hey maybe I'll be grandmaster again one day I think you should you deserve <laughs> you deserve a, a carefree royal tour yeah. where all you do is uh you know have fun and um uh, I did that the first time it was great maybe next time I'll visit um uh Prince George as well okay so I've got how to monitor politicize political play and so what I'm catching from you guys is uh, whether they're in the same building or whether they're in another part of the, the jurisdiction is to meet them, to discover about them, to learn about them, to expose yourself to their lodges and so forth. So there's a, a better chance of, of trust, building trust. So this sounds just like every business 
management class I've been to where we talk about or virtual team uh, management where it's like, okay, uh, there's all these people on a screen or they're just on a phone call because that's the way we used to do things before we had Zoom. Um, and you were like, I have no idea what they're like or anything. Uh, so I will assume that they're on my game, in my game and playing by the rules. But you have to see it and it has to be proven to you. And then you build that trust, which mm-hmm. eliminates the political side to it. Is mm-hmm. that a long summary of what you guys have just talked about. Yeah, that I think that makes sense. Yeah. So do you take it into your personal life? Do you take the, the do not political debate in lodge into your personal life? Or do you enjoy a uh, oh God, do I ever. solid round table scotch and beer political <laughs> debate? Right now, I wish that I took it into my personal life. That I, I'm actually tired of uh talking about politics yeah same. and the politics of wearing a mask or a vaccination one of the good things about lodge is that we get to we get to you know take out those things mm-hmm. that we could debate for months and months and months and get down to business and get down to the business of uh friendship love and truth right instead of politics religion and uh money santa yeah exactly <laughs> hanukkah harry <laughs> So that, you know, that's, I think, I think, yeah, sure. We, you know, people do take, put it, you know, of course we, it's in our personal lives. Of course, you know, we all have those things in our personal lives, but again, getting into, getting into that meeting and getting into that lodge hall, we get to throw all that aside and focus on three other things that are way more important. Yeah, exactly. Without, without the baggage there for sure. So is it in our, our methods of running a meeting that we don't have, political debate is it do you guys agree that it would be for brotherhood the continuation of brotherhood is it just yeah. not to make each other mad at each other definitely part well, of it I, yeah it's definitely part of it i think like in our meetings our meetings are all business and it's it's great because it's you know you wouldn't waste want to waste everyone's time right you know we're kind of we want to get back to the uh, back to the bar and have a pint right so it's it's what do we got to get done this time and and if it's you know strike committees or or you know organizing some disc golf or something like that you know there's i think i think people will limit their their level of debate entry um because they just don't want to do it and they don't feel that that's the place to do it um so i think even even really small p politics is probably avoided in our lodge because they know better um unless it's something that really pisses them off or something for sure. And I think that, you know, it's the, I think the good thing is that when we are in the lounge over a beer, we can argue. And there are a couple yeah. of people, you know, a couple of my brothers who I don't agree with, you know, with, with their politics. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But when we enter that lodge hall and we're doing the business of our lodge, we're all in agreement of, all, you know, we're all, there's, there is a focus and we all oh, yeah. kind of, you know, work towards the same goal, it feels like. And we, and we put all those differences aside, those fundamental differences that people now kind of break, break apart. If you believe this yeah. thing and I believe this thing, we can never be friends. Well, that does not happen within the brotherhood of, you know, of our lodge. And it shouldn't. No. It never happen. No, it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. And, and, we, and we don't see that because we're there for a certain reason. You know, we all signed up under the same, under the same guise after, you know, hearing the same degrees work um so we're there for the same reason 
you know, and it's, it can't be politicized. If you look at that obligation, you can't politicize that, you know, that's just, you're going to do good, you know, period. Um, Take care of each other, period. Yeah. Which, you know, statistically would, would probably opt out 80% of politicians, interestingly. <laughs> just kidding. That said, we have, we have, um, what the mayor of Colwood is yeah. a, a brother in Victoria one. Um, so I want to say thank you to Scott because Scott is the, uh, he, for me, he, for a producer of podcasts, he is the perfect audience member and listener because I will, <laughs> I will publish at whatever time at night or during the day. And then like a couple hours later I get, Hey, that was a really cool episode or it's from Scott, an immediate message. And I think, oh, all people must be like this. And so then I, <laughs> no. I dial up, I dial up Toby in a, a chat, and I just bemoan the uh, the the lack of feedback from all the other seventy nine listeners who have downloaded <laughs> this week. And I'm like, oh man, wouldn't well, it be I'm great to know what they think? I hope they like it as much as Scott likes it. Billy really needs the feedback. He needs that positive. My my validation bucket is so low right now. <laughs> and you have oh. to understand that this guy, I come from an honest place here that since 1988, I, I can't do the math now right now. It's a long time. That's when I met Josh. And, uh, you know, I've listened to his voice almost every freaking day since 1988, uh, grade eight, when we met each other at Central. Um, so, you know, in this pandemic, I haven't seen it. Um, so here, here I get to, I get to hear him on the, on the podcast and, and thankfully see him at the liquor store from time to time. So <laughs> always good to see him. So it's not me. It's not me. It's Scott. <laughs> it's Josh, right? Yeah, it's me. And, um, it's Josh. It's yeah, Josh. yeah. So tell me about the, I got a detour you guys. So, so you're out on the playground at central. No, no I'm going to tell oh, you. No. you oh, okay. oh no. <laughs> okay. This is the story. Okay, no, I want the, to, Make it up. Make it up. No one's going to no <laughs> fact check here. This, this is the greatest story in the history of people meeting each other because uh, Scott, Scott. Okay. So we're at, we're at uh, grade eight, junior high school. First day, there's an assembly. Okay? And we came from different elementary schools. Yeah. We never met each other. He came from one elementary school. I came from another grade eight. I'm sitting there in the, in the bleachers at the assembly. The band gets up and plays O Canada. Okay. And the one guy, there's this little kid at the back with two symbols in his hands, right? And so at the end of O Canada, this kid hits the symbol and's like, Shh. and I'm like, who, who is this nerd? This is a nerd. <laughs> this is the biggest nerd ever. He's like, he's the symbol player of the school band. This is, oh my God. I'm like telling my two friends behind me, like, oh my God, look at this guy. Okay. <laughs> So we go through the assembly and then halfway through the assembly, the band gets up and starts to play again. Wipeout is the song. Okay. So the, the song Wipeout. And in the middle of Wipeout, there's this amazing drum solo. And that same kid is playing like unbelievable. He's just like John Bonham. Like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, great. I just called that guy nerd. And he's like, so cool. He's the coolest kid ever. Um, so I went, to, I went to search him out and I found him. And I, fe I was like, I feel like a total jerk because I totally judged you because you played the cymbals in O Canada <laughs> and you stood up and played the most amazing drum solo I've ever seen a 13-year-old play. So that was, that was me and Scott when we first, uh, first met. 
That was, that was, and it was, uh, you know, hijinks and hooligans ever since. I thought you were going to say, and uh, you met Scott and you found out it was Scott's friend. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That was him. <laughs> and then he took me, he took me to his house and made me do his paper route so I could jump on his trampoline. I did. Yeah. yeah. And then he yeah, bounced me over the fence into the neighbor's yard on purpose. Yep. That's where uh, Chaplain Eric Bramble lived. I landed on our chaplain. <laughs> chaplain saved my life once, actually. We were bounced on the trampoline. I was a little kid, and they double bounced me, and I was going over the fence, and he jumped, grabbed me, threw me back onto my trampoline, and took the fall on his side of the yard. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's uh, our chaplain. I mean, he's 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 godlike. He really is. I gotta say, the last couple of sermons he's done it uh, have been amazing. Oh. Like, unbelievable yeah he's got he's had his his moments where he's not quite on fire but when he writes it and he, oh. and he does it they're they're they are incredible um for people out in goatland who uh have never been to one of our meetings um we have the we have a chaplain named eric bramble and we call it the bramble preamble so before he does the prayer he he has his um his sermon and it's uh it can be it's amazing. It can be extremely motivating. And I got to say the last couple of uh, meetings, it's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It really has. And that speaks to, you know, putting the right person in the right seat. The Jenga is still the most memorable one for me um, yeah. <laughs> about people leaving his life. Um, as he was taking out people were the, the Jenga sticks falling, uh, coming out of his life that were, uh, Somehow he was still standing, I think is how it goes. It was pretty powerful stuff. What do you so got for I, me, Billy? I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to give you this one. This is from, uh, it's a paraphrasing, back to politics, but it's kind of oh, not politics. It's not kind of politics. It's kind of about, it's kind of about Oddfellows. And I wondered if this guy was, cut, was an Oddfellow. He's a baseball writer in the US. And uh, he has been paraphrased as saying, he's a podcast and this is where I got it from. You don't argue with people. Instead, you live a good life and such a good life that other people uh, will have the utmost respect for you and thus giving you more weight to anything you say. Response, reaction? That's you in a nutshell, Scotty. I'd agree. Really? It's totally Scotty. Really? Yeah. What? You're super positive, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you're a good okay. So Hey, well, so hey, I mean, I love hearing this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm basking in this, but... I, I wasn't uh, certainly wasn't expecting that. Um, it's an interesting quote, I, and I didn't self, uh, you know, reflect on that. I, I don't know. I we we live a pretty damn good life here, you know, surrounded by our friends and and our health, and, you know, touch wood. It's hard not to be positive, man. And if if that helps um, grow our lodge, it's great. Yeah, I all I can say is thank you for the compliment. Yeah. 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 I mean, Scott, you, you know, you've, you've led with uh, positivity throughout um, the 15 years that you've been an odd fellow. And uh, for most of our friendship, you know, I, yeah. all I've seen is that, is that positive side of you. And I think, um, you know, it speaks to, uh, to a lot of the culture that's within our lodge too. So mm -hmm. yeah, when you speak, there's weight to it because you are a good person. Well, thank you very much, Josh. And obviously, this isn't the first time you've been on this podcast. You were on a phone call before, but you have been mentioned more than any other uh, odd fellow. <laughs> and I, uh, I didn't mention you when I was asked about the 200th anniversary. 
but I was referring to you and your uh, co-chair and having that positive attitude when disaster was striking at the moment, the lunch was like, what do you mean we have 20 more meals to make and we barely have <laughs> enough salmon? You guys figured it out and uh, everything was great. Everything was great. Hey, there's always a way, right? I mean, the reality is you got, you know, myself, a stockbroker, we got the restaurateur, you know, the, the, the skills within our lodge is, is is I think what sets us apart. And, and I, you know, the, I look at other lodges and you don't need that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just what's helping what we do as a lodge. And really we're more of a service club than a, than most lodges, right? I think, you know, if other lodges aspire to be like us, it'd, it'd be hard. You need a lot of people to do what we do. Um, you know, that, that said, it's, it's what we do. And um, yeah, it, I'm just so happy that uh, it, it's built to the point that uh, where we're at and, and it's been, it's been so much fun. Um, you know, I, it's funny people say, Oh, you, you built, I, I, it, it's uh, you know, I, I, I always thought that Josh was going to be a big builder in our lodge and Josh has built such amazing things in our lodge. He built the ton of love campaign, right. Which is just our, our now our biggest campaign every year. Um, but I, I kind of brought Josh in thinking that he has a huge network of people and that he was going to bring a lot of people in. He's been really selective. He only picks the odd one every now and then, and man, they are bang up. So, um, you know, don't don't feel you have to bring a bunch of people in. Just, you know, you can be picky and choosy. I mean, know your lodge and know who uh, who who it would suit, and uh, and that's what Josh has done. Well, I I will take I'll take some compliments there, but retention rate is something that I learned right when I mm. first when when. When I first came in, I brought in a couple of guys who didn't stick, and it was because they weren't the right guys. And I knew it, you know, in my heart, I knew it. And then, recently, or or it was at the wrong time in their in their life, right? Sure. Like, well, that's my fault too. I mean, I'm not saying that they were the wrong people; they were just it was the wrong time. You know, everybody's the right person, and I'll say that forever. It's just you know, it's uh, you finding the right person at the right time, and actually telling people it's not the right time as well. You know, not yes, but um. Yeah, if you look at the retention rate of the guys that we brought in over the last few years, it's it's gotten so much better. And I think that's just because we are picky and we are a little choosy. And the um, our we have an amazing membership committee right now who is really they're really developing uh, strategies to you know find the right people and make sure that uh, that they feel like they that they can live up to what we're looking for within a new member. So those it's retention and yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, I'm curious to see what other lodges do. I mean, you throw yourself anywhere, you know, Sweden or middle of the state somewhere and, and you're in a small town lodge, say as most are right. What do you do to attract new people? If you're in the, in a small town, like, you know, everyone, they know about you. They haven't joined yet. <laughs> right. You got to exactly. give them a reason to join. Right. Yeah, well, and Toby gave a story about that. I think it was Toby, or maybe it was on a Three Links Oddcast, where they talked about that the lodge was becoming the centralized community, uh, either the hall or the organizer of, you know, the town car wash or the 4th of July parade or whatever. It was all coming through members that were from the lodge, and therefore the lodge in its the lodge members were contributing enough to the community so how do you get more members if they're not already joining 
I don't know. But if you are that small of a town that your lodge is running uh, most of your most of your community events, uh, yeah. then how do you do it? It's a good question. But uh, the closest the the closest I could see is is like with Peninsula One Twenty Eight, and you know they should be a guest on one of the podcasts. David would be an excellent guest and explain how a community based lodge works versus a uh, members based yeah. lodge. Yeah, I love what David's uh, done down there. I got to meet him years back when I went down for um, Northwest sessions in Eugene. Um, and he he's fantastic. I, I love how they engage with, you know, with the police, with uh, with different uh, nonprofits. And they, they, you know, it's like us in that we, you know, they use our hall. Um, but it, they've really created a community hub. And, and that's, um, that's, that's huge. And it may be something that a lot of municipalities just don't have the budget for. So it's probably... A lot of mayors sit there going, "Oh, thanks for doing that." You know that 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 helps out everybody, right? So maybe that's the that's the role for some of these uh, the lodges in, a, in say a smaller town. Well, I'm sure within some of these smaller towns, you've seen them open up and become a huge part of the community. And then what happens? You know, who knows? Some you know the thing about a small town is, yeah, if you do really well, then everybody knows about you and everybody wants to get involved. You do poorly, and everybody knows about you, and nobody wants to come near you. So right. yeah. um, it's important to, I guess, I guess, I mean, I have no idea, but once you're in these small communities, um, creating that momentum and then creating, fostering that community and that culture, you know, you need to, you need to maintain it or you're going to lose it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they may not need to. And then again, it's, you know, that may be a, a community focused lodge or, or even if you're a more, um, you know, beneficial lodge where you know members benefit from what's going on and and community lunches and that sort of thing either way um it's you have to replace people who are leaving people will leave people will die right so it's just you know get a few young people find a way to get young people in regardless of your structure and how you do it get a few younger people in because it has to happen it just has to yeah, and the there's sort of a catch 22 or an irony behind the the youth the youth, sorry, Odd Fellows Youth, or with uh, Theta Row, is that it's more work, but it is the age group where you are um, showing that hey, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa are in the Odd Fellows and the Rebecca's, but there's also this for you, and um, and there's overlap and there's crossovers, and when we do the car wash, we all do it together and that sort of thing. So, I think mm. there's there, the Oddfellows has tools and ways to do it. Um, it takes it takes more effort, and so it takes more commitment. And that might be the only thing that kind of steers um, people with limited volunteer time away from from doing more is that they have a young family or whatever. But um, yeah, if you take yeah. your family to the hall to do things twice a week, it kind of takes care of a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I haven't had any experience with um, the youth side of the lodge, except I think when Sovereign came up, wasn't there a Theta Row group that came up with them, I think? Or maybe it was a different time, I don't recall. But anyway, well, we, we, we don't have in Victoria, obviously, or, or in BC at all. Yeah. Um, I, I always think that Oddfellows is perfect for the people who have, it, have the time in their life for it. And I really, I don't know if, you know, kids do. I mean, it, yeah, they might, and and if their parents, you know, are into it, then then they'll they'll make sure it's a, a space. But 
it's really tough, right? You know, in your, you're in your twenties, you're building your career, you're maybe having kids. That's a tough time to find a good odd fellow. They just don't have time. Right. So really in my mind, it's the late thirties to, to 50, you know, that sweet spot where your kids are, you know, either in school or, or out of school and um, you just got the time to, to spend. Um, I, I think that's the demographic that there's more opportunity uh, in not saying there's anything wrong with theater row. I think it's a great program and, um, and I'd love to see it, you know, blossom. I, I just don't know how it, uh, how to, how they would do that. I hope it is blossoming. Maybe it is blossoming. I don't know. It's like girl guides or boy scouts or anything, you know, it's, or church groups or whatever kid, you know, if you have, if you have the parent, if the parents are involved then the kids will get involved one way or another. And I think we did, we have had, I believe in Victoria, you know, Christine uh, Rempel Bader right. together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, a thing where the kids got involved a little bit. And I thought that was an amazing thing. Uh, it is hard. Um, the sweet yeah. spot you're talking about, the late 30s to 50s, you know, it's not just that the time is starting to come, but you also still have the energy and the willpower to 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 want to do, do good and want to uh, be able to use a computer and uh, move forward. So it's true. <laughs> that is that that is the best time. And we have, you know, we've had a couple of young guys come in for a bit and and then, you know, maybe they hadn't got, they weren't in a relationship yet, or they weren't married or they weren't, they, their career hadn't blossomed. So they were, they had some time. And then obviously something happens in their life between the age of 21 and 30 that, you know, takes them away. And that, you know, that we totally understand that. So yeah, uh, yeah okay. quite often. but uh, yeah. Theta Row and Junior Oddfellows. Uh, interesting. No, I was going to, I was going to say that I think that, uh, on the topic of members being of a certain age and so forth, I, we know that our friend group and our community outside of Oddfellows has super high value, whether they're in a volunteer organization or whether they are just the patron that we need, because you can't do 10 events a year with the same 100 people that are members, or, or if you're even smaller, you need that group that are great people we see them around the town all the time and i keep thinking well i saw them at three odd fellows events this year um yep. maybe they should be a member and it's like no um we don't want to waste their valuable resource time on something they're not that interested in by forcing them to go to the hall or to the lodge we will like to use them until they're ready as a as a funding uh, source for us yeah Absolutely, hundred percent. Like Twenty thousand yeah. dollars from a poker uh, for a poker tournament, and then twenty thousand dollars for a disc golf doesn't come from the same sixty people. Nope. nope, but it comes from that vast network that has little tentacles everywhere, which is just fantastic. And that's that's what we have, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, even, so, even during a pandemic, mm -hmm. we managed to run a. I think that one was close to thirty thousand. Yeah, the disc golf ended up being thirty thousand for the two charities. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. I, 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 my, my connection to that event was uh, not long after tickets went out. I said, do you, would you prefer a volunteer or somebody to buy a ticket? And, and the day or Dave, the organizer said, uh, we don't need either. We got enough volunteers and we, you know, we sold, sold out. out. Yeah. This yeah. was, uh, this, <laughs> this event was interesting. Like the 30 grand happened because of COVID. <laughs> because yeah, good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's interesting how he pivoted this event because 
you know, usually it's driven on the hundred participants spending a certain amount of money. There's a little bit of sponsorship and uh, we raised, you know, 10 to $15,000. This time he was like, okay, all of a sudden we're not sure how many participants we're going to have. So he just went boom into the community, found amazing corporate sponsors. And that's how, that's what led to such a large amount that wasn't driven really from the event, but more from uh, his, his desire to get out into the community and find funding for some amazing charities. So, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it was timely. You're very right. I mean, the, uh, the crisis line, you know, I, I imagine they're um, busier than ever with the, with the pandemic. So yeah, it was great timing, great timing. And, and oh, what a great event. I can't believe I missed it again. <laughs> It's always next year. Don't worry. So, Scott, I really enjoyed having you on the show finally. Officially. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be officially be here. Yeah, Hopefully. I told him that he was only going to have to speak for 15 minutes and look, uh, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. So, well, once you, do the ed- once you do the editing, you'll be down to 50. It 15, 15 minutes. 15 oh. minutes all I got here. It's just not much usable. Yeah. 15 golden minutes that's all we've got totally and so there will be a drum solo to take us out uh, there will thank not you, be a drum solo there will not be yes. a drum solo yeah. but i just want to thank you guys you guys are amazing um you know keep up the good work it's, it's just so good to um to be able to get this little flash of odd fellowship every now and then because i hate the zoom meetings i hate to say it i hate the zoom meetings because it's just not the same um, but there's nothing we can do about it. So we just, you know, we do what we do. And so it's very nice to have these podcasts, yours, uh, and the three links podcast as well, which is fantastic just to get that little dose of odd fellowship and, and another way to connect with some of those brothers, you know, like, you know, they're, they're everywhere, you know, and, and you guys had the guy in from, um, from Holland. Um, you know, I, I was there a few years ago and got to sit in the lodge hall and, and it was very different from ours, but it was so beautiful. And, and the people are so great. And, but the thing we have in common is they're just nice. You know, there's, it's just a, a nice to be able to walk in somewhere and not feel judged or anything. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's just amazing. So keep up the good work and spread the good word. And I'll, uh, I'll be the first one to listen to your next podcast. You Thank always you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe out. <laughs> That's definitely the outtake music. Okay? You only get the video. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking for something to play on the way out. So it is definitely Wipeout. Is yeah. We're going to get a high school band version of it. Yes, not, uh, not the real. Mr. Cheswick. We can't afford the real one. That's you can right. find Mr. Cheswick, Central Junior High School uh, Band. Uh, that'd be great. Oh, dear. Hey, thanks, thanks very much, guys. All right. Take care, Scott. We'll talk to you later. Hey, you too, boys. All right, you too. Bye. Thanks, buddy. Well, that'll do it for us. Thanks for getting all the way to the end of that bit of a rambling show. Thanks to Scott for making his appearance official on The Modern Goat Rider. If you like what you heard or want to send us a comment, send it to info at moderngoatrider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Josh and I will be back again soon with another episode making Oddfellows discoveries and seeing the Oddfellowship all around us. Cheers in FLT. I knew this was going to turn into a Columbia 2 love fest. It just had to. It had well, to. God, I think that's the modern Go Rider is a Columbia Lodge 2 